The Rocket Review, a streaming video podcast where consenting adults discuss sex, kink and BDSM, sexual health, sex work, and the adult entertainment industries. While our conversations are created to build understanding and share valuable information, not all views expressed reflect those of the producers, hosts, or sponsors. The Rocket Review is intended for mature audiences only. Caprica, tell me, how long have you worked at Sanctuary? It will be one year in September. And uh, what, uh, let me rewind. When did you first discover you were kinky and then embrace it? Because those aren't often the same point in time for people. Um, Actually, when I was 18. Right on. Um, I had a friend of mine who I had known for a little while and I had a group of friends and they would kind of disappear every weekend. Um, and I was always insanely curious about where they were going. Um, and I had a friend of mine and I was always asking, I was like, where are you guys going? Where are you guys going? And, um, she was just like, you know, we don't talk about it. We can't talk about it. I'm like, no, where are you guys going? So one weekend she said, um, she's like, come with me. Like, okay. Like, am I about to be kidnapped? (laughs) And she, she's like, put this on. She put me on a corset and she put me in some fishnets and she dressed me up and she said, I'm taking you with us. And she took me to a nightclub that after midnight, it turned into a BDSM fetish club. And she sat me in a corner and I, she basically snuck me in because it was a 21 and up bar and I was obviously not 21. And she said, sit in this corner. She gave me a cranberry juice. She said, I just want you to sit here and I want you to watch. And whenever the night, everything is over and the night is over, we're going to talk about it. And I was just like, okay, what, <laughs> what am I about to get myself into? <laughs> like, just sit here and be quiet. Just watch. I'm like, Okay. So I sat there and I had my little juice and the night, you know, started over and then it turned into the BDSM club. And I watched as they started putting St. Andrew's crosses on the walls and they started basically chaining people to the walls. And I went, Oh, holy crap. (laughs) And it was one of those, am I into this? Am I, I think I'm in, I think. And I just basically watched as just the entire world kind of unfolded in me. And I did. And I sat there all night long. Very good. And I had my, and I had my cranberry juice and every once in a while she would come around and say, are you okay? And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you want another juice? Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. And I sat there all night long and I just watched, I watched, you know, people being flogged and people being spanked, people being let around on and everything like that. And at the end of the night, she came over and she sat next to me and she said, so what do you think? And I went, Oh, I like this. And she goes, do you want to know more? And I went, uh-huh. And she said, okay. And she actually ended up being my first aunt. She taught me how to be a submissive and she taught me everything I know. And I'm actually still friends with her 20 years later. She's probably one of the best people that I know. And I talk to her at least once a week. Her children are my godchildren. I I would be absolutely lost without her. But yeah, she was like, she's like, I knew there was a kinky person in there somewhere. I just didn't quite know how to get her out, but you kept asking and you kept asking. And so finally I took you with me. And so, yeah. What, uh, how would you describe yourself uh, as a kinkster, you know, dom, switch, submissive? Oh, I'm a submissive. I'm a, I'm totally a, I'm, I'm actually the subby baby of the dungeon. So yeah, that's kind of my, is I am, I am very much a submissive. So yeah, like, um, you know, like I can, 
I, I mean, I have switch tendencies from time to time, but honestly, I probably couldn't be a full-time switch or anything like that because the thing about it is that I get to the point of like, even if I do things that are even switchy or dominant, I get to the point where I'm like, I'm sorry, did I hurt you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I, I feel bad. Like I'm like, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm I completely, I completely so empathize. I'm, I'm too, I'm too much. I'm cause I'm very much like a service sub and I'm very much baby. So I'm, I'm too much of a, like, like I like I would spank somebody and say, thank you. after like, thank you for letting me beat you. Like what, while we're circling in, what are some of the services that you offer here at Sanctuary? Um, for myself, well, I am a I'm a heavy bottom, so I do offer like heavy sessions. Um, offer age play because, like I said, I am I am a little, and I'm also a baby. I'm also the baby of the dungeon. Um, I also offer impact, degradation, um, rope, um, electro play. Um, Ooh, that's actually a really long list of things that I, it's, it's a really long list of things that I offer. It really just kind of depends on the wishes of the client. Um, there are things that obviously I will not do. I, um, don't do mummification because it's just to me, the idea of being wrapped up, it just kind of, it gives me a wig. I'm just like, oh, I'm like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want to be wrapped up. Um, but, um, I also offer like breast and nipple torture, things of that nature. Um, I offer fantasy role play. Um, so if you have a client that comes in that wants to do any kind of role play where they're like, I'm, you know, I'm the master or I'm the, um, like, you know, I'm a horse. If they want to do pet play. I can also offer that as well. It just really kind of depends on what the client is looking for at that time. If you could whisper in your younger kinkster self's ear, Mm-hmm. A bit of advice from your more experienced self now. What would that advice be? Don't trust everybody you meet and learn to say no. <laughs> that is very wise advice to anyone coming into kink. Yes. And especially someone that considers themselves submissive. Yes. Learn to say no. Because I, I do see a lot of, especially nowadays, a lot of newer submissive coming and thinking that they don't have the ability to say no. And it's just like, yes, you absolutely have the ability to say no. Have you been to a Dom con yet? Have yes, you- I have. This is going to be my second Dom con. This is going to be the first one that I'm um, going to as a member of Sanctuary. But last year's Dom con was absolutely amazing. And it was a very good experience for me. I actually wore a chastity belt last year for Dom con. Um, so that is impressive. I would, I was a demo bot for switch jigs, um, class. And so I wore a chastity belt all weekend long and that was fun. Right on. Yeah. Is there a kink that you haven't explored enough yet? One that you like a newer one or one that you just don't feel like you've ever really finished exploring it? Um, a needle play. Actually, that's one that I'm wanting to because of the fact that I am a heavy bottom and I'm very much into masochism. Needleplay was one that for a long time really kind of weirded me out. And it's one that I'm, as I'm more kind of exploring my my thresholds and I'm getting more comfortable with my pain tolerances because, you know, kind of the running joke with me is, you know, you can, you can 
paddle me and whip me all the live long and then we'll be like thinking may I have another. Um, but for a long time, the idea of doing anything with needles really kind of just freaked me out. Um, and then I had a friend of mine who did um, a piercing, a piercing one where she basically had her, she had her breasts, she had her, her, her breasts nailed to a block of wood. And I saw that and it just was like, wow. And her and I had a really good conversation about it and how it felt and everything like that. And just talking to more people who do needle play and do piercing play and everything like that, it really kind of eased my fears about it. And it got me actually really excited about it. And I really decided that a lot of the fears and a lot of the things that I had were more kind of in my mind. And I did more research on it. I, you know, took some classes and now I'm super excited about it. And now it's something that I'm like, yes, I want to try this. I want to do this. This is something that I'm really, this is kind of like almost like a next step for me and my own kind of journey of exploring my own masochism. Will you be seeking out instruction? Uh, are you going underneath, you know, are you working under a, a specific, you know, Dom that's going to be instructing you or are you attending any classes? I'm always curious about education. Um, I attend classes here. Um, I also attend classes, like I'll go through FetLife and find classes that way. Um, I also like, will also get recommendations from people who have done it before. So, um, like for example, if there's a specific thing that I'm looking to get more information on, I'll go to people who have done it and I'll be like, Hey, what classes do you recommend? What books do you recommend? What kind of, you know, if you've done that particular activity that I'm looking to do, I'll be like, Hey, where did you get your resources from? And then I'll go off of what they've done and being like, hey, this is the ones that I took and was really, really helpful for me. And I'll be like, okay. And I'll kind of go along that road back. And then usually when in the course of taking those classes, I'll meet other people and be like, hey, this is also maybe a good resource for you to try as well. Um, It's actually a lot of how I met a lot of people here at Sanctuary as well is because I kind of got started on a roadmap of, um, you know, I started... um, with Anna, with P. Nana Algos, and then, um, just ended up meeting a lot of different people. So, you know, it's, it's really good to kind of start in one place and then be able to kind of branch out and find a, a lot of different other resources. Do you see yourself becoming an educator at some point? Ooh, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> completely that takes ego and I don't have one. <laughs> completely honest answer. Final question. There is a whole new generation of sex workers coming into BDSM professionalism. What advice would you give a novice person coming into the industry these days, especially since post-COVID? Don't see this as a cash grab. Um, I do get, because I, like myself, like I have social media, like I have TikTok. So a lot of the stuff that I do on my TikTok account is talking about the fact of me being a professional submissive. Um, the biggest comment that I get on a lot of my professional stuff is like, oh, it would be so nice to you know do this for a living. And I get a lot of people who come into my comments or come into my direct messages saying like, oh, how do I do this? Um, the biggest thing I think people don't understand is that this takes a lot of work. You have to you know, it's not just coming in here and having people coming in and throwing money at you. You know, you actually have to work. You have to buy your outfits. You have to make content. You have to have a thick skin because there's going to be days where you don't make a whole lot of money. 
but there's also going to be days when somebody comes in and they're not going to say very nice things about you. You know, you have to be able to take criticism and being able to be like, okay, well, this particular client doesn't like me because my hair is too, my hair is too dark, or they don't particularly like me because my breasts are too small. Um, but it's not going to be something where you're, you know, coming, there's a, there's a stigma for some reason that, you know, you're going to come in here making money hand over fist. And that's not necessarily true. It is a business and you have to be smart about it. But, you know, you, if you want to do this, it can be good, but you have to be able to be smart about it and be educated about it. And don't just come in here thinking that you're going to pick up a toy and start playing (laughs) whack-a-mole. So that is beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. Hey gang, Rocket here. Are you the owner or marketing manager for an adult-themed or sex work-based business? TRR has advertising sponsorship opportunities created for the adult industry. A one- to two-minute ad spot during episodes of TRR is a great fit for small adult businesses like adult event promoters, sex toy creators, fetish gear and apparel lines, adult social clubs, and online adult entertainment companies. Sponsoring the Rocket Review helps keep independent adult industry voices on mainstream platforms and makes phenomenal promotional tool for sex work and adult-themed businesses. For inquiries, email rocket at therocketreview.com. Mistress Tetra. Yes. How long have you been a professional sex worker? How long have I been a pervert? Hmm. Um, so I've been doing this professionally. Let's see. I've been here with Sanctuary for 11 years now. Uh, but I mean, I was doing it a few years before that at a couple different like private discreet dungeons around the LA area. It's probably close to 13 years, 13 or 14. Um, and then how long have you worked at Sanctuary? 11 long years. 11. But it's been fabulous. And it's actually a... A blessing because I went to a lot of different places before Sanctuary, and this is the only place that's ever felt like home and safe, you know? So I, that's, that's why that's I've crucial. never left. I'm a sit in fixture here and happy to be. <laughs> well, and we're going to get into uh, you have a very unique perspective. Not only are you a you know, practitioner here, but you also work in administrative services and on the front desk and in scheduling. And so we're going to get into that here in just a okay. second. But I always like to open with a, a, a static question with kinksters. When did you first realize you were kinky? And then, like, when did you embrace it? Okay, so I first realized I was kinky, I want to say probably, like, I don't have the exact age range, but probably like five or six or so. I remember watching The Addams Family, and um, they were going to put, you know, Morticia up on the rack, and they were threatening her. But she was so enjoying it. And as a small child, I knew for some reason I wanted to try that and I was into that. But in my head, I was like, no, that's wrong. You're not supposed to want that. And so that was the first like epiphany as a, as a small person. Like, something's up with me. Um, and it wasn't until high school, which I know I shouldn't say that, but it was. I was probably 15 or 16. And uh, there, one of my good friends, we were just friends, uh, but he used to talk about kink and fetish all the time. Something he was clearly into, uh, specifically medical role play. And so like the whole nurse and yeah, that all the fun stuff. So we talked for a long time. And then one day we were hanging out and we were 
at my house and I had a gym in the back and I don't remember what was said or how it started. I just remember I took like, uh, like if you injure yourself, you wrap your ankle up or what I took that and I tied him to the bench press and I kind of smacked him around and had my way with him. And it was very weird because there were parts and elements that were romantic and sexual, but at the same time, him and I were always and had been friends, you know? So we kind of sat back afterwards and we're like, whoa, what was that? Um, but yeah, that was my, my so jump you're, in. You're jumping in. Yeah. Uh, uh, when did you begin professional sex work? Around what age? Uh, about 20 or 21. Yeah. And then what kind of training did you undertake? Um, I worked at a small discreet dungeon in LA for a mistress and I had a little bit of experience because she did like a skill set test for me. And since I knew how to do like flogging and certain stuff, she hired me on as a switch. So we from there kind of just trained me a little further on things that I didn't have as much experience with. And that's kind of me in the making. (laughs) Do you consider yourself more a dom, a switch or a sub? I am definitely a dominant, but I mean, I honestly, I identify as a fetishist more than anything, um, just because I I am very dominant, but there are a few kinks or fetishes that I'm just so into, like I have to embrace and indulge, you know? Well, and sometimes too, I think as a dominant, it's it's important to uh, try out other fetishes so that you understand how it is going to feel and how it's going to Exactly. I was going to say that I think... Uh, just because I was on the bottom side as lifestyle and professional, it does help you transition into a better switch and a better dominant. Like you said, knowing exactly what everything feels like and what you, you have in store for you. You can prep and plan a scene better, I think. Circling back into that comma we put at the, at the intro where uh, you uh, take on some other duties here besides just client services. You also work on the front desk and you work in administrative. Give me a brief walkthrough of your day-to-day. Okay, so, I mean, every day you never know what you're in for. Every day starts the same, coming in and opening everything up, opening all the rooms, um, checking in all the ladies and stuff. But day-to-day, seeing who's coming in, who's being played with, what types of play you have in store for. I really like talking to people and being on the phone. Um, because I have a very close personal relationship with, I'd like to say, almost every single girl here on staff. Um, I'm one really good at staying in contact if girls leave us for a little bit and come back, even if they don't, or, you know, just in between sessions, I do classes, I do parties as well. And so I do have a lot of time that I play with the other girls or interact, whether it's personal or work. So when I'm on the phones, if I have to describe someone or talk about them in scene, or recommend someone for a certain client or type of play, I feel like I'm a little bit better at that, just because I have... You've built, yeah, you've taken time to get to know everyone. I have a whole network with everybody, so um, I really enjoy being on the desk, and it wasn't something that was supposed to be permanent, but I've slowly acquired more and more responsibilities, and I'm thrilled to help take some of that off Mistress Cyan's hands, and as well as Jenna's, so I recently... um, was told that I'm allowed to start interviewing, hiring, and like testing the girls uh, that come in here, like skill set. So that's like a big honor. I'm very excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. That is a big step in any uh, uh, pro's progression. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you uh, kind of a stock question of mine. Okay. If you could take 
a bit of advice based on your experience now okay. that you've gained in all this time. And you could go back in time and you could whisper that bit of advice in your ear on your first day in a dungeon. Ooh, what would that what advice would I be? Say? Um, I feel like I would tell myself to uh, rely on myself and my instincts a little bit more and not always uh, take on what others tell you because sometimes people try to give you advice or try to tell you about a client or warn you about something and sometimes they're, they're not always spot on with everything. Um, I feel like I have really good energy and I specifically am an energy player so I feel like my instincts are pretty set. And so I think I would just tell myself, just listen to your heart more. As, as lame and cliche as that sounds. No, but. no, that is, that's extremely valuable advice. I say that to new adult entertainers, new professionals, new lifestylers coming into it. Definitely follow your gut. Yeah. Follow your heart. Uh, definitely listen to that. Um, it, being in administrative and, you know, working from both the client and the, on behalf of, of the other staff members, you are in a unique position I am. to kind of have an understanding about the ebbs and flows of the business and the industry. Where do you see professional dungeons, like in the next, say, five to ten years? Well, it's hard to say with everything that's gone down with the pandemic, just because we had so many play spaces and or dungeons, say, right here in the L.A. area, and everything's kind of closed down. Like right now, I think we're one of the only commercial dungeons left. Um, so I'd like to say if things start going well, people will start opening up and doing things again. I have so many people emailing me constantly asking when we're going to do parties again and stuff like that. So there's definitely the need and the want out there. I think it's just about the economy getting back to the right spot so we can start... Uh, Enjoying that superfluous Yeah, I was going to say making bad decisions again, but there yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, my closing question. Okay. What is your favorite kink to provide as a service, if you had to pick one or two? Ooh, la, la. One or two. Probably impact play and body worship. I absolutely love hitting people with different things. It doesn't matter if it's my fists or toys or whatever. I really enjoy that. I do like flogging specifically for impact, flogging and spanking. Um, but I really like being able to cause a little pain and rough someone up a little bit and then reward them with body worship. So I feel like those two, for me, play in very well together. That is awesome. Yeah. Mistress Tetra, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Rocket Review. If you would like to be a guest or have your adult industry business featured on TRR, please email rocket at therocketreview.com. TRR is a production of Hole Punch Media and is supported through corporate sponsorships and subscribers like you. Remember, gang, if you can't be good, be damn good at it.